Hey guys, this week on So What Else, we have Amber Newberry. She is the founder of Beautiful and Beloved. She is a trauma-informed yoga therapist. She's so nice. I absolutely love talking to her. And it's really funny at the beginning of this episode, you will hear that we kind of figure out that we have a lot of things in common. So that was really funny and cool to get to talk to her. Amber works with girls and women who have dealt with things like sexual trauma or possibly eating disorders or cutting, things like that. And she works with them and helps them come home to their bodies through the practice of yoga. Amber also talks a lot about her discovery of holy yoga and her journey through that. She talks a lot about her own personal story, which as a trigger warning does include sexual abuse and rape. So I just want you to know that we do talk about that in this episode. I found everything that Amber said to be really inspiring um, and just fascinating. Just everything she talks about coming home to your body and how yoga can be really centering in that way. I thought that it was really beautiful and I think that you will too. So stay tuned. Amber, welcome to So What Else. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. Of course, I've been so excited to talk to you. I'm jazzed <laughs> to get to do this for sure. It's been a long time since I've actually been on a podcast. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did a bunch a few years ago, all like right in a row, but it's been a while. Oh, I been well, I'm like glad. out for a while. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad <laughs> to get you back into it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it feels nice. <laughs> For sure. So you're in Colorado, right? Yes. Yeah. Where in Colorado are you? Um, so I live in a little mountain town in Southern Colorado, kind of outside of Colorado Springs, but we have like our own little mountain. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I know Colorado because my oh, husband, okay. so my husband's born and raised Den- in from Denver. Okay. And so then I lived in Colorado for four years. I lived in the Springs for two years. Oh yeah. Then okay, I lived so in Monument for a year. Oh, that's right. I'm in Palmer Lake. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. Yeah. And then I just lived outside of Denver for a year. So yes. two of my very best friends live in like the Monument area. So whenever we go out to visit, we always end up out there to see them. Yes. So I'm in Palmer Lake. I live like right at the trailhead, like hike up the reservoirs. That's so nice. And all of that. Yeah. And then we have this time of year, we have a big star on the mountain that's all yes. lit up. Yeah. Ugh. It's so fun. I love it's it so much here. Oh, so gorgeous. Are, now, are you born and raised Colorado? Yeah. Um, I grew up in North Denver. So okay. I grew up in Arvada. My husband grew up okay, in yeah. Middleton. That's where my husband grew up. Yeah. Yeah. We're, maybe they know each other. I know my husband's 40. How old is your husband? 40. Oh my gosh. What high school did he go to? Columbine. Scott went to Heritage. I, but I bet they would like know each other because that it's in, so it's all crazy. in Littleton. Yeah. It's so funny. I what a small that. world. That's so funny. It is crazy. But we left for like a decade. Okay. And then, um, cause he's in the air force. Then we got stationed back here and God, we were like, Oh, Colorado. Yeah. There's no place like Colorado. So we, he left active duty so that we could stay. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And is your family all in Colorado and everything? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. yeah. It, is. it is really nice. So we love it because, uh, my husband's family all lives in Littleton still. So yeah. we do end up back in Colorado one to two times a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So usually like in the summer and then usually around Christmas. This year was a little different. We came out in October and we actually, the whole family went up to Breckenridge for a few oh, days. I love, we do that it was every so, summer. Oh, it's so it's, nice. God, it's so beautiful there. It's yeah. so gorgeous. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, so you're a big hiker? Do you like to hike? I mean, am I a big hiker? Do I enjoy hiking? Yes. Would I say I'm like super outdoorsy? No, but I do enjoy hiking. Got it. Okay. <laughs> camping. I don't know. Not so much. How about you Camping's guys? Are you big hikers? My favorite. Okay, I, good. I'm a big yeah. hiker. I love to hike. I try to go at least once or twice a week. Um, yes. Like I love it, but camping is. That's a different story. That's a different story. I'm like an old lady. No, totally, totally. Don't, so what? Don't put me on the ground in a sleeping bag. Oh, 
No, a hundred percent. So it's like when I lived in Colorado Springs, I would do the incline a lot. Have you ever done the incline? Yes. For people uh, who don't know, it's like down in Colorado Springs, it's like these stairs that are like in the side of a mountain. It's basically a mile straight up these like, but it's not stairs like a stadium. It's no, like, like they're uneven. Up, really yeah. Hot. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the first time I ever tried it, I was not, I didn't give it you, the respect it deserved. That you know? is the perfect term for it. And and my friend was like, let's go. And I was like, okay, I'll meet yes. you after I met her. I taught a yoga class. No, 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 no. Met her after I taught a yoga class. It was like noon. Ugh. I had a half a bottle of water, no, no. snacks, no nothing. And I, like, I couldn't make it. I got like you will get sick. up. And I, oh. yeah, I, my, my head was throbbing. I thought I was going to throw up. I was like, oh, oh, this is... <laughs> Oh, absolutely. This is for real. Yeah, yeah. You're like, this is no joke. Hello. I went one time. It was like, I think, I want to say it was my second time going. And I saw someone with like their little like four-year-old. And I was like, (laughs) oh, honey, (laughs) you're going to get, you're going to do this for about 10 minutes. There was for sure a six-year-old who passed me. Oh my gosh. It's really. I was embarrassed. It is no joke. then climbing down, if you don't make it to the top and be able to hike down and you have to go down the actual stairs. Torture. Hell too. Absolutely. We got to the bottom art. Like we were just like shaking. Yes. It for sure is the type of thing where like you'll reach a certain point and you're just like, honestly, like there's no (laughs) emergency elevator here. So I either have to like suffer going down or I suffer finish going up. And then at least I can walk down like the little hill thing. You know what I mean? But it's like, if you have to go down the stairs. It it was awful. Terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. But it's like, you like love, hate it. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, this is so great. Oh yeah. Because when I went again and I conquered it, I was like, I you feel so good. Such a bad ass. Oh, oh totally. <laughs> I have so many pictures, like on the top of the incline. Like every time I went, I'm like, we have to take a picture. <laughs> talking about this moment. Look at what I did. And then the four-year-old kid comes up next to you and you're yeah. like, yeah, you too. Get out of the four-year-old. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. Oh my goodness. But I definitely hiked more when I was in Colorado. That's for sure. But I definitely, we enjoy it though. Like my husband and I do live near like a national park and we'll go a lot with the kids and stuff. So, you know, it's nice. It's nice. So how many kids do you have? Four. I have four kids. What are their ages? They are 14, 13, 11, and nine. Wow. Okay. All right. So you have like the teenage situation happening. Yes. Yeah. So I have like a seventh grader, an eighth grader. I sorry, eighth grader, seventh grader, sixth grader. Wow. Grader. Yeah. God bless. Junior high boys, they're a they are a thing. That is a whole situation. It really it is. I taught it's sixth grade. Smelly. Oh yeah. Disgusting. Yes. I taught situation. sixth grade for a while. And I like I loved them. I thought they were so funny. Like, I thought that the middle school boys were hysterical and, like, they totally cracked me up. But at the same time, you, like, want to kill them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you're just, like, you're making me laugh, but also stop. (laughs) But also, like, how— And take a shower. (sighs) Wash Uh, your face. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's—yeah. And they just make—they're just— all the things going on in their bodies, they just make the stupidest choices, right? Oh, and yeah, like absolutely. just on the regular, I'm like, like why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why did you think that was going to work out? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. What was the reasoning there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's rough. <laughs> that is rough. God bless. So is it all boys? You have all boys? Uh, my sixth grader is a girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you have three boys, boys, one girl. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I know we've already been chatting for like many minutes, but for people who don't know who you are, can you give a little like 30 second, this is who I am intro to the world? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, My name is Amber Newberry. Um, I have a business called Beautiful and Beloved and it's had many iterations throughout the years, but I've never had the heart to completely change the name. So I just is allow it to morph and be whatever. Absolutely. It is in the time. Well, hey, we're always <laughs> changing and evolving. So why That's shouldn't right. your business just, change? Yes. So it just has always had the same name. I was like a mommy blogger in the beginning. I wrote for some, um, 
Christian like motherhood magazines and stuff like that. And That's then, awesome. Um, it was a boutique where I sold things um, made by survivors of human trafficking. I was a real um, advocate for those survivors. And then um, I had to shut that down because I got mm. sick. Mm. And then I found yoga. And then um, it was my yoga practice was beautiful and beloved. And I was teaching yoga. And then I got my yoga therapy license. And so now I do yoga therapy specifically for women survivors of sexual assault mm. and sexual violence. Um, mostly I do, I do see lots of other kind of women who are looking to connect back with their bodies. So um, women with eating disorders, women um, who've had traumatic childbirths, mm -hmm. women um, who have experienced domestic violence, um, women and girls. I see some adolescent girls as well. So mm. cutting and those kinds of behaviors and, um, or like, um, if they have cancer, I've been seeing mm -hmm. some breast cancer, Oh wow! Um, survivors and, um, fighters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just mostly I work with women who, um, are looking to connect with their bodies and, um, stop hurting themselves. And yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. And I feel like beautiful and beloved still, <laughs> it works. Still a word that Absolutely. <laughs> that's beautiful. No, I love that. Absolutely. We're yeah. going to get to get into all of that, but I know that you're also, you're in school right now, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What are you? Yeah. So I'm you're in a busy lady. School. I know. I'm in graduate school. I'm getting my master's in social work. So um, I just, I want to be able to offer more kind of holistic healing when I mm -hmm. work with people. Um, I get, when people are working in their bodies, a lot comes up and they yeah. tell me a lot of things. And I just, I'm always like, you, I'm not qualified. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and I don't understand, like, I know that the internet is full of like coaches and you know what sure. I mean? Like people yes. who like, but I just, I've always felt like it was not, um, like I just was, I, I was not qualified. I was out of my depth that I shouldn't be speaking to those, to the things that people were talking to me about without some sort of yeah. education. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I think that yeah. that's so admirable and amazing. The fact that you're doing this yoga work and mm. you're noticing like, okay, like I love this. And of course you're doing so much good, but things are coming up and you want to be able to do even more for these people. I think right. that that's I want to be phenomenal. Capable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm getting my master's and I just <clears throat> finished my first semester and I got A's. Congratulations. So, thank you. I never got A's. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> hey, good for you. You have four kids. You're working. You're getting your master's. You're getting A's. Look at you. <laughs> yes. That is kidding. awesome. Seriously. I really like it. I think going to school for something you really enjoy mm -hmm. is just, it's so much different, right? Like, totally. like I'm 40 years old, like I care about what I'm learning about. I yes. like what I'm learning about. And it's just a lot different than when I was 18. And oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a whole, like we could literally go on for hours about that. Right? You know I mean? it's, it's like we shove kids out of high school right into college. And yes. like, I, you know, I went into teaching because it was just kind of like always something that I thought I'd want to do. And like, I did it for a lot of years and it was great. But of course I had moments where I was like, I didn't really like consider other career paths. You know what I right? mean? Like well, you I didn't just, even you're know. so young. Yeah. You don't even know half the options that are yeah. available to you. You're yeah. so young and you don't really know yourself that well. And you don't yeah. know what you would be good at. And like people will say things to you like, well, do you want to get married and have kids? Cause this kind of job would be like, and you're like, I'm 18. <laughs> I yeah, have no I, idea I what know. my life is going to look like. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, I, I think that that's so true that it's mm -hmm. like now in your thirties and your forties, whatever you, mm -hmm. you know yourself so much better. Yeah. You see like things that your areas where you're gifted. And there's so many things that come right. to you that you're like, Oh wow, that would be something that I would love to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's yes. amazing that you're just like taking it and running <laughs> with it. Well, I've, I told my husband just the other day, I've like 
have loved the things I'm learning. Like I just yeah. really love it. And I was like, maybe I'll keep going. Maybe I'll get my doctorate. You could call me Dr. Newberry. Yes. <laughs> he was like, um, can we get through the first semester? Yeah. <laughs> Hold the phone. Let's just take it a step <laughs> at a time. Hey, that would be nice. My friend has her doctorate and I'm always like, I would make everyone call me doctor. Same. Literally. Yeah. Absolutely. My kids, my kids' friends. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My dad has his doctorate though. And if ever he makes a joke about like being Dr. Chocola, we're all just like, huh? Shut up, dad. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, whatever. Congratulations. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I know that you got into this work with yoga healing and trauma and sexual abuse victims and all of this stuff because of your yeah. own personal story right. that started when you were young, a young teenager. Right. So I would love it if you would kind of take us back um, to when you were an early teenager and kind of tell us about your story and kind of how that all brought you to where you are today. Right. Okay. So <laughs> um, when I was 15 years old, I was sexually assaulted by a classmate of mine, by a friend. Um, I would have called him a friend. And um, it was... I mean, it was horrible. It was the, it was the most I'd ever been touched by a boy. Like it was, and it was aggressive and it was horrible. And when I told people about it, I was not believed. Mm. Um, and it changed everything for me. It changed, um, the way I was treated at school. Mm. Um, because, because one people didn't believe that, that it was not, um, like that it was not consensual. Right. And, okay. Yeah. And so I just became, I don't know, like I had never done anything but kiss a boy for that. Yeah. And then I overnight became like the school, like horror kind of, mm. you know, and, um, and so I was treated that way. Right. Like I was groped and I was dismissed a lot and, um, teased and, you know, all of those things that, that you as a, I feel like as a high school kid, you just think, well, this is just the way it is. Like I'm mm-hmm. getting older. And so boys are going to just grab my boobs when I walk through the hall. Like you just, right. I just felt like I didn't. You didn't realize like realize. this is completely not okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I realized they didn't do it to a lot of the other girls. Right. Sure. But I yep. definitely was not the only girl who had that done with them. Yeah. Right? Oh. And so, um, it really altered the way I thought about myself and the mm-hmm. way I felt about myself and the way I conducted myself. Yeah. Um, and I ended up going to college and I was a big drinker in college. Mm-hmm. Another reason we send kids off when they're 18, right? And yeah. it's your first time without any yeah, no kidding. Um, parents or guidelines. And so I was drinking all the time, every night mm-hmm. of the week. And um I ended up at a party and I ended up um, being raped when I was 19 by another boy that I knew. Mm -hmm. And uh, the result of that rape, at the time, I would not have called it a rape. I did. I knew I said no. I knew I didn't want to. I knew I tried to get away. But also I knew I felt like I was drunk at this party, passed out in the bedroom, like, Right. So you kind of felt like, felt like I was asking for it. Right. And I knew the guy who I knew the guy, he is somebody who I'd gone out on two dates with. So Mm. I was really, I felt like this was my own fault and, um, ended up getting pregnant from that (sighs) encounter. Um, and I, it's super interesting the way that your mind can rationalize things right Mm -hmm. and I'm actually learning now in my master's class (laughs) that as a teenager that you have something called hyper rationality so you can rationalize just about anything Mm. if the payoff is going to be something that is that you want right Mm -hmm. like that whatever it is you're so Mm self-centered um And so I like convinced myself, like I was a piece of trash. Hmm. I had been drinking and doing drugs since like before I found out I was pregnant, right? In the in-between, I convinced myself that 
the boy who had assaulted me, like that he was also a piece of trash, that this, whatever I brought into the world was going to be a piece of trash, like that I was doing the world an actual favor by not Mm -hmm. doing, you know, that I could never be a mother. I could never. And, um, so I had an abortion. I, um, it was a really horrible experience. There were protesters out front. There were people throwing stuff at us as we walked (sighs) in. It was really, it was a gross, horrible time in my life, you know? And, um, when I, and I just, I really, like when I say that I thought I was a piece of trash, I like, I literally thought that, like I Mm. felt disposable. I felt unlovable. I felt Mm. undeserving. Um, and I like acted out. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's the thing when we work or when we see people, anybody running around and making these like horrible choices and being so destructive with their lives that it's important to remember that like there's something going on in there that is so much deeper that it is it is a sense of self that they have that they don't have Mm -hmm. that there's no sense of self for that person that there's no sense of of well of worthiness or lovability Mm -hmm. or you know because people People don't just run around and act like that when they feel like they are loved or cared about in any way, you know? There's so many things about that that are just so, so heartbreaking. I mean, like you said, the fact that you were raped, but at the time you wouldn't have even classified it as that, you know, and you were like, well, you know, like it's my fault and things like that. I mean, that is like, that's probably so many girls, you know Mm. what I mean? Like- I'm sure there's so many girls that have a very similar experience, right? Where they are taken advantage of, they are abused, and they feel like this was my fault kind of. So I can't really like do anything about it or, you know, whatever. And then the other thing that I find so tragic is that when you went to get an abortion, there's protesters like throwing things at you, which right. is which is mind boggling to me that people would think that that is helpful in the situation. Like that's gonna stop someone. Yeah, yes. like if we throw garbage <laughs> you just at this scream woman, at me that I'm a murderer, yeah. and you throw that'll stuff probably at me. stop me. Yeah, like that's gonna work. That'll for sure help yeah. her not get an abortion when you're screaming at her and telling her that she's trash and throwing yeah. stuff at her. Like that's yeah. it's insane. Like how someone could think that that's like helpful in some way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And um, I would say, so a big part of the work I do now, actually, I'm in my school district. I've been meeting with um, principals and teachers Mm -hmm. and um, school board members to talk about teaching consent in better ways, Mm -hmm. right? Because I see girls who come in to see me who are Mm -hmm. still in high school who have been raped and have been assaulted and they don't lead with that like that's not Mm. the reason they're coming to see me they're coming to see me because they're cutting themselves they're cutting they're coming to see me because they won't eat anything they're coming to see me because they have suicidal ideations and when we like get down to it they were raped. They were assaulted. Mm. They were, they had an experience where somebody forced themselves on them and they, they can't connect those dots. They don't connect. <sighs> Do you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Also a lot of their experiences. So I'm seeing them come in and they're, I mean, they're mentally struggling, right? They're struggling. They're, yeah. They hate their bodies. They're, punishing themselves. And then they tell me their stories. And I just know that the people who violated them don't even know Yeah, that they violated them. They think that they talked <sighs> right. them into it. They think that sure. they did, like were entitled. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, For and sure. so I think it's a real education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Issue. 
That is, that is so true. You know what I mean? Because I think that everybody knows, um, like kind of like what you're taught is like rape. It's like you picture, I'm going to be like walking to my car one night yeah. and like a stranger is going to jump right. out at me. And like, and those things do happen. Right. And like, that is horrific and tragic. But there's also like the tons and tons and tons of these other kind of situations where like you said, like there's girls that like this is happening to them and they know they didn't want it, but they felt like they didn't understand, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. where they were intoxicated and they they couldn't consent. And then there's boys that think, no, that's not, I didn't rape her. That's not what I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like, yes, it is. And there's, you're right. Like there's so much confusion surrounding that. There's a Harvard study. If I could find that, I'll send it to you. It's like 3,000 college guys, right? Uh And something like 60% of them admitted to forcing women to have sex, but only 20% of them knew that that was right. The rest of them thought that they had other reasons to do it. And there is this high school study that was like, these boys thought it's okay to force somebody to have sex with you if you've had sex with them before. It's okay to force somebody to have sex with you if you know that they've had sex with other people before. Like, and like recent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, there's just so, it's um, society, like societally, Yes. Is that the right word? I can, yeah, that sure. Sounds, well, you it know. Sounds fine. Whatever. <laughs> Within society. Right. We are confused. Yeah. We are confused about, about what is consent and what is bodily autonomy and what is like, how do you say no? And then how do you deal with rejection if somebody tells you no? Yeah. Or how do you stand up if you see, like, how do you be a bystander and see something bad happening and, and step in? Yeah. You know. Wow. I mean, that's heavy. That's a lot. All right. So, okay. So at 19, this happened to you. Do you know, like, did you ever then have contact with that guy? Like, did you say like, I got pregnant, like any of that? Yeah. 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 So he, I stopped speaking to him, Mm -hmm. obviously. Right. Um, And he like, didn't get it. He didn't understand. I don't think he understood that what he did was wrong also. And um, later on, he would say he was blacked out and he doesn't even remember. Okay. And then he even took that so far as to be like, how do you know it was like, how do you know it was me? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So that was awesome. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, I did. And then um, he ended up giving me money to do it because I- didn't have enough. And, um, he sent me flowers like on the day of, and it was horrible. Yeah. (laughs) But then I never, and then I saw him, I think at a club once and he started a fight with the guy I was dancing with. Lovely. Yeah. He was, he was a special human. A gem. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. But so I don't know though where he is now or his life. That was the last time I ever saw him. Okay. So you tell me about kind of like your life after that. Like, so now like you have been raped, even though at that time you weren't really able to define it as that, but you knew it felt off. Obviously you had the abortion. Tell me about your life kind of after that and how you Um, dealt. So I kept drinking. Mm -hmm. I kept partying. I went through a season and this is now, now studying like women and this kind of thing. It's like super reasonable what I did, but like super dangerous and stupid also. So mm-hmm. I went through a season where I would pick up guys at bars or whatever, and mm-hmm. I would bring them home with me and then like tell them no. Oh, right? oh to kind of like, like assert your power. power. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I would yeah. like. Right. I would like make out a little bit and then they'd like try to put their hand at my shirt and I'd freak out. (laughs) Yeah. Scream at them and send them away. And it was like, I did it a lot. And my roommates all were like, you have to stop bringing these strange boys back to our apartment. You had like, like, it's weird and it's scary and you're freaking out, you know, like it was 
it was a weird thing. But it's how you were coping. It was like a year. Like I did it for like a year. Interestingly enough, one of those boys happens to be my husband now. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Well, there you have it. So, you know. Yes. Oh my goodness. But he wasn't too scared away from me when I was like, no. And he was like, okay. And he just stopped. And then I was like, oh. Yeah. You're like, oh, he respects me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And then we like went out on a proper date and there you go. Now we're married with four kids. That's so nice. (laughs) So, all right. So you can kind of continued to spiral and Mm -hmm. what kind of changed things for you? Um, I started to seriously date my now husband. Um, and I, I mean, I was, I paid for my own school for the most part. So Mm -hmm. I worked three jobs and I went to school full time. Um, one of my jobs, I worked at Hooters was one of my jobs. And, um, I started getting, I just started having this really like low Mm self-esteem and it was like, I felt like, like I was graduating college. Like I was like college graduate. I graduated in four years. Mm -hmm. I paid for it myself. I was Mm -hmm. dating like an officer in the air force. He Mm -hmm. didn't live in Colorado at the time he was gone, but I just felt like I am, I am like better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, I remember a guy, like an old, an older gentleman slapping my ass one day at work. Right. Uh, And I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely and totally. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep working here. I can't keep doing this. I can't Mm -hmm. keep putting my body out there. I can't keep treating myself this way. Like Mm -hmm. I am actually like a, like a pretty good human. Yeah. Right. And I think that that was my husband. I think it was his, like, he's this Air Force, like, officer, and he was, like, in awe of me. Yeah. Right? Like, he was like, You're amazing. Yeah. You're like, you're so incredible. You're such a light to be around. You're like, mm. right. And he would just tell me these things that yeah. I, I don't, nobody had ever told me. <laughs> right. That, you know what I mean? And Absolutely. I started to believe him and be mm. like, Yeah. Like, I, I'm better than this. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, I I can do more, right? Yeah. Like I can do more. And not that I don't have any, if you work at Hooters and that's how you're oh, paying absolutely. your bills, girl, mm. by all means, right? But it was really starting to eat away at me and my yeah. soul and my feelings of self-worth because I felt like I had so much more to offer than mm-hmm. just my body. Yes. And I felt like it was all anybody had ever wanted from me from the mm. time I was 15. Yeah. Was my body. Yes. Do you know? So absolutely. Um, but I would say I struggled with that belief that my Mm -hmm. body was held all my value um up until my last child was born. Yeah. Right? Because um I mean, I my body was the way I made money for Mm -hmm. until I got married and then I got married and then I started having babies. My body was this incredible mechanism for giving birth and sustaining life. And, um, I had all my babies very close together. And then, um, I had actually was pregnant with a fifth and I lost that baby Mm -hmm. at 13 weeks. So sorry, but it was like a surprise baby. Like we hadn't planned on it. And, um, so like that, but that was the last thing that had ever was ever in my body. And that yeah. felt like a failure and that, right. you know, and what your body looks like after having four babies, it's not the same as what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. When you're 23 years old. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And so just learning to love my body and to love myself and, um, and a lot of my getting sick happened right around that same time too. So figuring out that what I had experienced and the way I had been treating myself Mm -hmm. um, really affected my health and the way my body was functioning and working yeah, and learning about healing that. So So tell me about that getting really sick. 
How old were you? What was that? What was your health journey like? So Micah, my youngest was two years old. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think I was like 32, 33. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I had a store, I had the boutique at that mm-hmm. time. I had just lost miscarried a baby. Right. Um, at 13 weeks. And that was a traumatic experience. And then my husband deployed for six months. So oh, I had wow. like a two-year-old, a four-year-old, Oy. a six-year-old and a seven-year-old for six months by myself. And when he got back, I just, I, like I fell apart. Yeah. And I was just so tired all the time. My hair was falling out in big clumps. I gained a bunch of weight. And, um, I ended up finding a doctor who finally wasn't just like, Oh, well, you're tired. Cause you've had four kids, four yeah. kids, and, you know what I mean? And yeah, I finally had a doctor who like did a complete blood workup and did all that stuff. And I ended up being diagnosed. I had Hashimoto's and I was mm. chronically anemic and I had like adrenal fatigue, all these things yeah. that were happening. And, um, that really, she was like, how are you walking? How are you in yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so finally figuring some of that stuff out. And mm-hmm. she just said, I, w- I recommend that you start yoga. <laughs> My doctor said that. That's so interesting. And, okay. Yeah. And she said, you can't work out. Like you mm-hmm. can't go run. You can't. That'll, that will put your body in a storm and yes. that'll be bad for you. And she's like, the best thing you could do is to be, be to do some yoga that'll help with your stress and that'll help you like move your body. And so I started doing yoga. I went to the YMCA mm-hmm. and yeah. did yoga. And then I felt like, I feel like this is supposed to be a more spiritual experience than mm-hmm. what I could get at the YMCA. And I found holy yoga. Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, so holy yoga is like a Christian based yoga. So basically the idea is that yoga is spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't belong to any one religion. Yeah. That like what like the idea is like mm-hmm. just like praying does not belong to any one religion. Worship music like does not belong to any one religion. Anybody mm-hmm. worshiping any any deity wor- like prays and sings and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And so um Brooke Boone is the founder and her, like the thing that she taught was just, you can meet Jesus on your mat. Mm. Like you can have a spiritual, beautiful experience with Mm -hmm. God, with Jesus, with the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. while you're moving your body and you're focusing on your breath. Mm -hmm. And, um, I found that to be really true. I found that to be, it was so impactful for my spirit. And the thing about yoga is that Yoga is the yoking together of like your breath and your body and Mm your, so every movement has like an inhale or an exhale and you, as you stretch really deep into a muscle, or if you hold something strong in a muscle, you are told to bring your breath there, right? You can't actually bring your breath anywhere, but it's the intention. It's the thinking about that. And it releases in your body, those muscles, and it allows you to go deeper and it allows you to move energy through your body. And I know that that kind of sounds woo-woo to some people, but everything on the earth, every created thing contains energy. That's like a Mm -hmm. scientific fact. Yeah. See it, right? And we hold energy in our bodies and we have energetic centers in our body. And that is, you can be around somebody and you could be like, boo, boo, right? And because that person has bad energy. Yeah, totally. And you can sense that, right? And so in the same way, we can get energy stuck in our bodies, especially Mm -hmm. when we have traumatic experiences. And so for me, it was like, I would be sitting in pigeon and all of a sudden I would just be flooded with emotion and I would be bawling. And I like, just had no idea like Mm -hmm. why, but also it felt so healing and it felt so good. 
And it was the first time I like, I listened to my body Mm -hmm. and I would go to sleep at 7 PM because I'd say my body like needs to go to sleep. That's what I need right now. And I would go sit down to eat and I would say, instead of finishing my kids peanut butter sandwich, I think I just need like an apple. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was listening to my body Mm -hmm. for the first time in ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Since I was a kid, probably. Right. And it, um, it healed something deep in me. Yeah. So was holy yoga kind of your entryway into Christianity or had you already kind of had an, you know, spiritual experience and then you found holy yoga? Like (laughs) what was your story there? Yeah. Well, we had, my husband and I were not, we had both, I had grown up Catholic. Mm -hmm. He had not really grown up in any church, but he like went to Young Life Camp every summer. Right, right. Yep given his life to Jesus mm-hmm. so one of those things. Totally. Um, and he, he at Young Life Camp had asked a counselor about Catholics because his mom had been Catholic. His mom almost was a nun and she ended up not oh, being wow. one. But like, um, and his Young Life counselor told him Catholics go to hell. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh. So... So we would get into these like theological like arguments that right. were so weird because mm-hmm. neither one of us <laughs> really knew what you thought yeah, or yeah, reading yeah. a Bible or like doing anything like right. that. But we would get out. I had like an old Bible and we would like get it out to like prove each other wrong. I love it. It was so dumb. So we decided to go to a church that was like a Bible church that just mm-hmm. like said Bible. Yeah. In the in the title. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so we found a church. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Seacoast, which is actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually I worked there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. This huge mega church. When we went, I sat there the first time and the pastor, he's this, I don't think he's the pastor anymore. His name is Greg Surratt. And he just would preach with his hand in his jeans pocket, mm-hmm. like sitting on the, like, just so casual. Just so yeah. casual and like such an invitation. Yeah. Which was it so felt different. accessible to you. Yeah. yeah. Which was so different for me. And so pretty soon I was like volunteering in the children's ministry every week. And then yeah. I was um, going to all the women's Bible studies. I like mm-hmm. was just doing everything. And then I, after I got married, um, I worked there. I was the head of their preschool ministry for that's years. Yeah. And that's like where I learned a lot to be honest. Yeah. Like I'd be like, what am I going to teach about today? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd read a story and I'd be like, that's an incredible Bible story. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would go teach and it was great. It was great. It was lovely. It was amazing type for us. That's for awesome. my husband and I. So we, um, at that's the time my sister-in-law called it. Like she says, baby Christians are like baby vampires. Like they can't, they are so obsessed about totally. We- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We had a season like that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's like new and exciting, and like yes. you want to do all the things. Yes, and everybody like there's only Christian music in my car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that was like kind of where I was when I found holy yoga. That's amazing. All right. So and then you felt like holy yoga. So tell me about yoga being part of your healing journey, physically, emotionally, all of that. Like when did you bring up all of that that had happened to you as a teenager? Like talk to me about that journey. Yeah. So I decided the yoga was so like, it felt so good and it felt so healing for me. So I decided that I needed to make myself stick with it. Yeah. And so I decided to get my life, like to become an instructor. Awesome. So that was like a um, 300 hour like process. That's like right? a whole situation. Yeah. Yes. And there's like um, really in depth, like Bible studies, really incredible 
like journal writing, Lectio mm-hmm. Divina, like yeah. really intense spiritual practice that went mm-hmm. in to that, that um, certification. And that is when I, I, it started a lot of my healing journey. And I, um, you know, started therapy because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, all these things are coming <laughs> Yeah, are coming, coming up, up for, for me, and uh, like I can't stop crying, and you know, and um, yeah. So then I was in therapy, and I was doing this really intense spiritual, physical journey, and mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And did you feel your like? So did your physical symptoms start to subside? Yeah. As your yes. emotional state. Yeah, improved. I actually went off of all my medication. Wow. I learned a lot about, um, you know, like homeopathic healing. Um, yeah. So I did used oils. I used herbs, teas, mm-hmm. tinctures. Yeah. Um, my diet, I changed my diet and went gluten free. Yeah. Like I did a bunch of stuff uh-huh. that I actually went off all my medication. I didn't, I have Hashimoto's, but mm-hmm. I, um, I just started taking a thyroid medication actually this like two months ago because I just okay. turned 40 and like yeah. something, um, yeah. something shifted, something changed for me. And I was like, oh, this is not <laughs> yes, my like diet herbs and stuff is like, was not cutting it anymore. So, but yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's really beautiful. Cause it's like, you know, I feel like even in myself, like, uh, if I'm, carrying a lot of stress and things like that, I immediately notice like I have stomach issues and I was also diagnosed with Hashimoto's um, several years ago. And it's so interesting because my symptoms were so bad. I was having like hair loss and things like that. And it was, it's just so interesting because it, it happened right after a few months after my brother died and I was in a very, very stressful Mm. time. Mm -hmm. And it's very, and I'm not trying to say, like, oh, you know, uh, ailments are always due to an emotional thing. Of course, I'm not saying that. There's plenty of people that have ailments. You know what I mean? But I noticed in myself that like my health was falling apart when I was in a very dark emotional place. You know what I mean? And it's just very interesting how then, you know, like when you get into therapy and you do these things, like you said, like the whole yoga and like you, you're able to connect spiritually. Like, I think that's so beautiful. What was it that you said? You can meet Jesus on your mat. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful. You know, it's like, you're able to have this like spiritual encounter. And I think that that can be so, so healing. And again, yeah. I'm not saying don't ever take medicine. Of course, I'm not saying that. I'm on an (laughs) antidepressant. I'm very open about that, you know? So, but there is so much to be said for- I mean, yeah. I lost my dad. I lost my dad right before I gave birth to my fourth child. And then like a month after he was born, I had shingles. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like, of of course, it's all- Of course. Connected, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's like- it's proven that when you're very stressed out, like your immune system tanks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense, you know, all of these things. Yeah. So with your work with Beautiful and Beloved, you say a lot that you work with women like on coming home to their body. Can you talk mm-hmm. to me about that? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So I think that as women in particular, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think, I'm not saying it can't apply to men, but I work exclusively with women. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think that we betray our bodies early on in our lives. I think we learn early on that our bodies are for consumption. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we treat them as such, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish, um, I have a super athletic daughter and I love that about her. And I, And my hope and prayer is that her ability to just dominate on a lacrosse field helps her to keep her like being in touch with her body, you know, Yes. rather than just like learning and feeling like, oh, my boobs are not big enough or, oh, my butt 
is not big enough or oh yeah I yeah. thought I would have thought that when we were kids because like when we were kids that was not a thing to no I know it's, <laughs> well it just goes to show it's like you know just wait a decade and they'll be right, a new body exactly. type yeah <laughs> but just to to be able to understand and love your body and listen to your body when it's talking to you I think mm-hmm. that we have been taught to, to not listen to our bodies. So to ignore when, if you have a headache, that's okay. Sorry, you have a headache. You still have to go to school. You still have to press on. You still have to Mm -hmm. move forward. If you, um, feel like you're getting overweight and you feel like, oh, well Mm -hmm. now I have to restrict what I eat and I have to work out all the time or, um, and I think that coming home to your body means learning to connect to it again learning mm-hmm. to listen to it, learning to sit in uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. in it. Um, I, um, oh, I like to say it like the yoga that I teach is an invitation to stay in your body, right? Mm. Like that you can, something can be uncomfortable yeah. and you can learn to breathe and stay and, and be through it. Yeah. And I think that that translates to all parts of your life, that there can be uncomfortable moments that you can become dysregulated, that you can mm-hmm. become triggered, but that you can breathe and stay in your body and regulate yourself yeah. and um, come to a space where you don't need to numb and you don't need to escape and you can stay and you can be home. Our bodies are the gifts we were given to experience this world through, right? Like yeah. God decided the best way to live is in this body. Yeah. And that's your body. And so you have the opportunity and the gift to touch and feel and smell and move through the world, experiencing, you know, yourself. There's um research that's been done now says. We have um, neuroreceptors in not just like our brains, but around our hearts mm-hmm. and in our stomachs, yeah. right? Like, like it's not just our brain that mm-hmm. experiences the world. It is all the parts of us experience the world. And so um, how cool is that? Yeah. That we can do that, that we can really feel something with our hearts, that we can really feel in our gut that we can really experience everything if we connect. I love that. That just made me emotional as you were talking. (laughs) Like I was feeling all emotional. Like that's so beautiful, everything that you said. And it reminded me a lot of, you know, um, I've shared on my podcast before that, um, you know, I've struggled for years with an eating disorder and I'm, you know, in recovery for a lot of years now. Um, But that whole thing you said about like being so disconnected from your body Yeah. Like I, for Mm -hmm. sure, like I was at a point in my life where if someone was like, are you hungry or are you full or whatever? Like, I didn't even know, you know what I mean? Like you're so disconnected from your own body that Mm -hmm. if they were like, how full are you right now? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I get, uh, like so completely disconnected from what I was feeling, what I wanted, like so incapable of listening to my body and its cues and and things like that. And it's like, cause you like moved it to your head, right? Like yes. you were like, well, what I need to eat is yes. five carrots. Yes. <laughs> and then, right. And you just took that responsibility and transferred it to your, to your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of work do you do with people? So if someone comes to you, like, let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, like I've been through trauma. Like I Mm -hmm. feel disconnected from my body, like, or whatever, Mm -hmm. or I have a daughter that is struggling with something. What would, what can they expect from you? Like they'll come on your website or they'll get in touch with you. And like, what kind of services do you offer? Yeah. So, um, we usually do. So for therapy, there's like a window of tolerance that people have for therapy, right? And so, and bodywork therapy tends to have a specifically kind of small window of tolerance for people, especially if they've never, I mean, I'm sure that you experienced when you were trying to get healthy, that there was not, you could not tolerate a lot of conversation yeah, <laughs> around yeah, your body. Totally. Um, 
So it is about, so what we do is we start just with 30 minute sessions and we do a lot of breath work, a lot of like, how are you feeling and where do you feel that in, like, where do you feel that in your body? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have some, if, if it's, if it's in person, then we'll get Mm -hmm. together and I will move you through yoga sequences and breath and stuff like that together. If it's not in person, I have a collection of videos Mm -hmm. um, on YouTube that I will also lead people through. Mm -hmm. I also um, just teach practices that Mm -hmm. help you connect with your body that you take with you and can use throughout your day, throughout Mm -hmm. your week, throughout, and then come back and be like, well, so I like this, but this Mm -hmm. didn't work. And then we talk about how maybe we can tweak something else to make it work. I also, um, do retreats. So I have a retreat that happens every summer in Colorado Springs. Um, that's just out in nature and in the mountains. And it's an intensive kind of weekend retreat where we really go deep. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think this year, um, we might do something in New York with my partner, Abby. Oh, and then I might do a winter retreat here. Um, at one of those, these cute little boutique hotels. So I also do a lot of retreats if, you know, I feel like a lot of people who end up coming to see me end up also going to like therapy, which is yes. why I'm in school. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? totally. So people can combine them. So sometimes right. it gets to be too much. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, being able to get on and do videos or do kind of those kinds of practices, yeah. um, is sometimes helpful for people. Not everybody needs really um, individual practices. They just need practices that are practical for everybody Mm -hmm. to get in touch with themselves and in their bodies. That's beautiful. So we have both those. I love that. I saw a lot on your website as well. You do a lot of um, work with like healing prayers and things Mm -hmm. like that. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? So healing prayer. I can't believe I didn't talk about this before. My friend Brandy, um, she does healing prayer. She people fly in from all over the world to like mm-hmm. sit with her and do healing prayer with her. Oh, wow. And it is this process through which you go back to a traumatic memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find Jesus there. Like mm-hmm. you find because Jesus, like if you believe in Jesus, if you're a follower, then Jesus is always with you. You believe yeah. that. Right. And so if yes. Jesus was with you, then Jesus was there when whatever terrible thing happened to you happened to you. And so it's a process in which you go back to that memory and you find Jesus in that memory. And mm. whatever Jesus was doing, wherever Jesus was. And it's usually like sweet and precious and and trying to protect you or holding you or you yeah. know, and it's um and telling you things that you need to hear kind of in yeah. the moment. Yeah. And physically what happens to you when you do that is that when you have a traumatic experience, I'm such a nerd. Do you want science? Yes. Yo, oh, we want all the things. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Dork. Okay. So when you have like a traumatic experience, your yes. brain, in order to protect you from mm-hmm that happening again doesn't file it away so it's yes it's not filed back Mm -hmm. with like other memories it's kind of at the forefront to make sure it doesn't happen to you again right so that's why you can be easily triggered okay um your amygdala is the like like watch out like it watches out for things that might hurt you or harm you. Mm-hmm. And the thing about your amygdala is that it's one of the first thing that things that develops in your brain. So it's pre-language. Even. Okay. So the things that trigger it are usually sensory uh-huh. things, right? So for example, when I was doing healing prayer, I realized that the night I was raped, I had been drinking whiskey. And that since that night, I hadn't even been able to smell whiskey or drink it without being triggered. Okay. And I didn't connect those two things until I was doing my healing prayer. Wow. But whiskey had been a huge trigger for me from that time on and I didn't yeah. connect it. I just was like, oh, I can't drink whiskey. Like, I think I'm allergic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Something yeah. horrible happens to me. 
Yes. Right. And I, um, and I didn't draw that connection, but it was my amygdala being like, Oh, that smell. That's, that's something bad. Something we have to protect you. Yes. Right. And it turns on all your protection, your flight or flight. Yeah. So, um, the way that healing prayer works is that when you bring to the forefront that memory and you imagine Jesus there, it rewrites that memory for you Mm. in your brain. So the last time you remember something is, is what that memory is. Does that make sense? So all memories are subject to our own interpretations of them. But the last memory you have, so like if you're remembering a story about your dad and then your mom pops in and is like, oh, but also this happened, then your memory of that, of that experience has been altered Yeah, to include whatever your mom told you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. So when you're remembering it and you're remembering Jesus in it, the memory itself is being altered mm-hmm. to include that experience with Jesus. And when you have a whole, like a healing experience with Jesus that counteracts kind of that traumatic experience in your memory, then your brain can file it away. Yeah. I had a few weeks ago, we had Rachel Henry on who she was violently raped and she talked about how she did EMDR yeah, therapy. kind of the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like similar. She said some of these Mm -hmm. same things that you're saying, um, and but yes. she also said a similar thing about how um when she right after it happened she was like Jesus like where were you like mm-hmm. when this was happening to me and when she went back and imagined it she was like I I felt like I could see him there just weeping yeah she was like like I knew like I can't even say it without getting emotional like my eyes yeah. are getting hot like she was like and I could see him there weeping and she was like, I cannot explain why there are times where horrible things happen and why sometimes horrible things are stopped from happening. And you know what I mean? Like she's like, and I, I can't give you an answer to that. And I, and I'll go to my grave wondering, you know what I mean? Like exactly why this happened to me, but didn't happen to somebody else, or it could have been worse, or it could have not happened at all or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. we could go on forever and ever and ever about that. And she was like, but I do know that like Jesus was there and he was deeply grieved by Mm -hmm. what was happening to me. And that was not like his plan or his intention for my life. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's so emotional to think about that. You know what I mean? And beautiful. Mm, I've talked with women who, um, like when they go back and they think about Jesus, when they were like being abused as children, they say like, well, he's taking my hand and he's walking me away. Mm. And he, like, they just, they leave Mm -hmm. whatever was happening to them and they end up being with Jesus instead. And it's like just all the different ways Jesus shows up. Yeah. When you, when you do that kind of work is really, it's, I, I mean, it's other world, right? It's Absolutely. supernatural. It's really, it's beautiful. And it's, I think it's such a beautiful way to, to find healing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's on my website because Brandy, the person who did it with me, she and I wrote just a free little ebook. Oh, wonderful. Who are okay. interested in doing it or learning how to do it. Um, I think it's important that you do it with somebody. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a I don't think it's a private thing that you do because right. you know, because there's just it could be really it could be real re-traumatizing, honestly, if you're yeah. not in a good place. So all right, that's good to know. And yeah. I know you talk a lot about like the connection between spirit, body, and mind. And we've mm-hmm. we've talked about that, but would you kind of like wrap this up for us? Like, why is that so important to connect mm-hmm. the three? Uh, I think it's important because that's how we were created. Yeah. Right. Like that's how God made us. We were mm-hmm. made to be a whole person. And mm-hmm. uh the retreat I do in the summer, we call it Shalom retreat, right? Mm-hmm. Shalom means peace, but it is not like that, just the absence of conflict. It is 
it is the presence of something. Shalom mm. is the presence of connection, the presence of wholeness, the presence of being fully who you're created to be, of being fully present. Mm. And um, right now it's Advent season, right? And mm-hmm. um, they called Jesus, Isaiah calls Jesus the Prince of Shalom. Mm. right the prince of wholeness the prince of peace so if you are seeking to experience the world in a healthy whole embodied way then being connected body mind and soul is is the shalom like it's that's how you were created for that's what you were created for yeah I love that that's so, so beautiful yeah I'm a big believer in that I love how you said that. It's not just the absence of conflict. It's the presence of like connection. I think that that's really, really beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Amber, thank you so much. Yes. I mean, your story is just incredible. And I just think it's really beautiful how you have clearly been through a lot in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally, there's been a lot and how you have found healing. And I think that that's really, and now that you're using that to help bring healing to other people Mm -hmm. who have been, you know, in traumatic situations. And I think that that's really amazing. Thank you. But I do think that that's like, um, it's a responsibility or like a Mm -hmm. calling, you know, like, yes. What's that quote? That's like, when you walk through the fire, you get to the other side, you fill up some buckets and pass them back. Totally. (laughs) So that people come in after you, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think I butchered that. No, that it quote. sounds right to me. It's close. I get the ish. point. It's fine. Ish. Exactly. That's, <laughs> hello. It's fine. We're all good here. So listen, I always end by asking my guests, what is your favorite snack right now? I know. I love it. I think that's great. My favorite <laughs> snack right now is the the caramel cheddar cheese popcorn from Costco. You know, the big. Oh, the bo- the bag that's like as big as my leg. Like it's like yes. huge. Oh my the God. I love flavored popcorns. Oh, love. Me too. And at Christmas time just makes it. Oh my God. Have like you I just been... really want it at Christmas. Oh, I agree with you. Have you ever been to Corn's a Poppin' in like Littleton area? No. You have like a specialty popcorn? Piece? Yes. <gasps> okay, like literally when my husband was- I don't know, mentoring guys or something, a bunch of them worked there. And so we would get it like all the time from them. And I was like, this is heaven on earth. It's so good. You have to make a field trip. You have to look it up. Corns a popping. Corns a pop. It's like spelled funny. Like corns a pop. Uh, I got to look it up. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll link it in the show notes, everybody. (laughs) Well, Amber, thank you so much. I seriously have loved talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Same. This was so nice. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions.